They say that you write the book that you need to read. In 2008, I just experienced a tremendous amount of burnout and was trying to find my way back. And I did it through writing. And I found that by crafting a well-lived life on paper, I was able to manifest it in reality. This month, Work Wisdom Press decided to re-release my book slowly. And I wanted to share a little bit about it with you. In 2007, 2008, I was recovering from a position that I had, which I threw myself into wholeheartedly. And I saw it as a mission and I, I worked day and night in order to try and figure out how to um, create a flourishing community here in Lancaster County. And I also had two little children and uh, I had many other responsibilities. And in short, I didn't really handle any of it very well. <laughs> so I knew that I needed to find a way to tap the brakes and uh, to re-emerge with more perspective and more presence. And so I ended up leaving my position at Live Lancaster and deciding to have a very quiet, almost somewhat hermit-like slow existence where I was focusing on just a few relationships and having depth of um, relationships, friendships, family, and really doing um, life in a completely different way than the frenetic pace at which I had been operating for many years before that. So it was helpful for me to try to think about this new way of living in a recipe and thinking about what were the ingredients that I wanted in my casserole of my new life that was going to be present and intentional. And so that's how slowly began was I was crafting this recipe and thinking about, well, what are the ingredients of a life that's more intentional? And so I started thinking a lot about the slow food movement and MFK Fisher and the concept of savoring. And I I started a very long list of what were the elements of a life well-lived. I had been so lucky in the late 1990s, uh, early 2000s, I had worked in an AIDS housing organization in Baltimore. And it was an incredible experience. I learned true leadership. I learned courage. I learned teamwork. I learned grief. Um, I learned joy. And I definitely learned what a life well-lived looked like. So it was bringing some of that perspective forward and um, some other elements and ended up uh, crafting this prescription for a, a life well lived, which I was calling slowly 
Um, not necessarily meaning that the pace was always slow, but what I really was thinking about was the intentionality that the slow food movement had, thinking about how to create um, an artisan life where each ingredient, each day, each element uh, was exceptional and something that was beloved and um, worth savoring. So so some of these characteristics, um, as people were working with me and we were moving back into uh, the workplace, I, I was hearing so many of our clients at Work Wisdom say they didn't want to go back. They didn't want to go back to the old ways. They wanted a new way of re-emerging in a better way and building back better, um, but maybe building back more intentionally and building a life that incorporated some of the slower elements that they had experienced over the last year. So at Work Wisdom, we decided maybe it was a good time to re-release slowly since really, even though I had written it in 2007 and released it in 2008, it seemed timely because so many people were asking for advice about how to live this more intentional life. So that's what we decided to do. So it's now it's now available um, wherever you buy your books, and it's just called Slowly. And um, we think it's an idea whose time has come again, <laughs> that it may be helpful for anyone who's thinking about how do they reemerge and not shift back into that high gear where their life is speeding by and they're, they're maybe even having problems with depth of relationships, with finding meaning um, and, and savoring their life. So almost anyone can benefit from decelerating um, and and you can read about this in the book. I, I really tried to explore what the concept meant um, and who really could benefit personally and in a community from decelerating. At the time, I had uh, just come off of a couple of degrees where I was very much focused on um, communitarianism and bowling together and um, the work of uh, Robert Putnam and Bridge Social Capital. And so there's a lot in this book that is about how to build community and as Jane Jacobs would call it, the, the sidewalk ballet and knowing who's in your neighborhood and how to connect with them. So, so it, yes, it's about living intentionally, but it's also about living in community. And some of the ingredients that might be really interesting for people to think about are ones that we still talk about at Work Wisdom, which is why it felt like it was it was not ill-fitting for it to be on Work Wisdom Press. One of the major ingredients of this uh, slow cooking, this dolce vita that, that I wrote about was self-awareness and taking some 
steps through self-examination to learn who you are and what you want and what is tasty to you, what is attractive and what is appealing and what will make a, uh, a life worth living for you. I explored boundaries and how to do that well and the idea of learning how to maybe want less and maybe even embrace some element of voluntary simplicity so that you can hop out of the rat race and um, the, the hamster wheel. And so this takes some mindfulness. Um, I talked a lot about beauty and how to appreciate it and how to find what makes you feel um, fulfilled and what you think is beautiful. One of the one of the chapters is on empty spaces. And so that's physically, but also in terms of your schedule. How do you build in empty space so that you can stretch and roam? Be a free-range person in, in many ways. I was also really interested in, like I mentioned, social capital, but at the time I talked about fleshy social capital where people are getting together to break bread and drink drinks and connect in meaningful ways. And it's interesting to read that chapter having just spent a year and a half without any fleshy social capital. I still think it's important and maybe even more important than ever. Last week's New York Times uh, article by Adam Grant about collective effervescence reminds me a little bit of my what I was trying to get at with fleshy social capital and trying to build collective joy. Uh, there's some articles in there that seem a little dated. Um, there, I mean, not articles, chapters in this book that seem a little dated, like live, work, play, we don't really think about that anymore, but it was my attempt at what is work-life integration and how do we weave these things together, um, moving mindfully. And uh, some, some, some of the chapters still resonate, one on long viewing, that to take a perspective, a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year perspective, maybe even think about your terminal values, uh, think about your funeral those kinds of practices help you adopt a long view that allows us to make better decisions. It's somewhat like in the tools, how they talk about jeopardy and thinking about uh, being on your deathbed and how you make instantly make better decisions when you're when you're thinking about that long view. And then the last chapter in the book was about what I was calling unitasking. I had a blackberry that I almost threw into Walden Pond when I was on a vacation up there with my family and uh, trying to understand how was I going to weave technology into my life. Now we don't have blackberries anymore, but we have even more, we could say invasive technology, but I would like to think of it as helpful. And really our work is to understand how to have um, a healthy relationship 
with the technology, since there's no way of pitting uh, work and life against each other and trying to get them balanced on a scale, it seems smarter to try and think about how do I integrate all of this so that I have one big, happy, healthy life where I know my purpose and I am working toward it uh, in an integrated way. So the last part of the book was uh, a resource list, a set of books that I was reading quite a lot at the time, but but then also a, a set of uh, words. And it was this idea that I had that if the stories that we tell ourselves need to be, um, that they need to be well-crafted. And so we may want to think about putting certain words on heavier rotation and see whether or not that uh, infusing those words into, into our lives on a daily rotation might make our lives even better. So I, I gave a list of words that I thought maybe I could challenge the reader to think about weaving in uh, more regularly and see, see what the outcome would be. So that's a little bit about um, about the book slowly. We just re-released it. It may be that it's helpful for you if you're thinking about not going back to the pre-COVID frenzy, but thinking about going back in a mm, slower, more intentional uh, way at a pace that makes life feel like you're living it well. So the, the reason I actually ended up writing this book was my friend Mary Alice, who was our creative director, Mary Alice Falanyeski, was our creative director at Work Wisdom for years. Before that, she had worked at that AIDS housing organization in Baltimore with me in the 90s. And um, this was in the, oh gosh, I should know when it was, I guess the early 2000s, and she had had her first son, and she was trying to figure out how to keep all the balls in the air. And she was asking me for advice. And I didn't know that I really had much good advice. But so I, I wrote down these principles to share with her because I thought it could help her to live a life that was uh, savoring uh, a, a well-lived life. And so uh, it seems like she appreciated it. And she actually wrote the endorsement that's the back cover of the book. So we are always grateful to our beloved Mary Alice, who is in fact living an extraordinary life. So that's the story of Slowly. And if anyone ever has any questions about it uh, or wants to know more about it, of course, they can reach out to us at Work Wisdom. Um, we're going to continue our very best to create podcasts and books and articles that help you, our listeners, our Work Wisdom community become the best version of yourself. So I think I'll end with this somewhat dated quote that's the beginning of the book. This from Bono of you 2 It is a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. What you don't have, you don't need it now. It's a beautiful day.